introduction probably i can start off with where uh, you know i think all our troubles usually begin in our adolescence also i think around the same time most people uh, will go through this whole thing of being uh, you know attracted to the opposite sex and, and and i was also the popular boy in school so i was the head boy and and i knew that i had to do this whole thing about having the girlfriend and running behind girls to show what fits into the whole popular boy uh, thing but uh, i knew that i was attracted to men you know as gay and in the 90s the problem was there was no language or there was no resource to actually you know understand about issues of gender sexuality your capability about what you can achieve in life has got really nothing to do with your sexuality the background that you come from uh, what language you speak what accent you have it at the end of the day human endeavor and an effort to be better to get over your and and i think at least those things got sorted out in my head and i was very clear so it and the results were there to see and the competitive streak was there i was performing well and you know things like that and then you come back into the corporate space and then again within the corporate space typically in very traditional environments i think again there are expectations that by a certain time you get married by a certain time you have children you know you have and i just realized i didn't have those uh, uh, you know uh, compulsions for me uh, work had to be exciting it had to kind of uh, keep me on the toes and it had to uh, kind of uh, intellectually satisfy me so you know i feel that an experience and the understanding uh, what you acquire never is wasted you can build on that and you can actually channelize it to to other parts and the more open you are to uh, to people to environments and make the culture uh, open and inclusive only benefits the organization and its growth forward so yeah i guess that's my journey so far in a nutshell So I was being raised by a single mother so uh, you know I had lost my father when I was 11 so I think there was this whole responsibility again that oh I don't want to disappoint my mother and stuff like that but then I was also raised with these whole you know uh, value systems of uh, you have to be honest and upright in uh, you know life so I took those things very seriously the first LGBT conference was being held in 94 I was probably I was about 20 years old at that point in time and uh, I came back home after the conference and my mother mothers have a sixth sense about their children you can never lie to mothers they'll always know so uh, my mother put the newspaper in front of me and she said by any chance are you attending this conference so i told her yes this was a conference i was attending that conversation with her was fine with the extended family it just i didn't bother coming out uh they just saw me on tv <laughs> so uh so they're like okay take it if, uh once in a while you will have once in a while you will have some uh nosy auntie who will come and say things like uh you know you are yet not married we should find a girl for you and I'll, or something like that and she's saying when are you going to get married and I'll say things like it's not legal yet but we will get there so i think uh, you know you you use a sense of humor to kind of uh bridge that uh 
bridge that gap but you don't even hide and go into a corner or a shell uh, you know you you kind of you face it i had one relationship when i was in my masters uh, which was about four years and uh, as you grow older you grow more cynical about love uh, so <laughs> i am at my most cynical uh, uh, you know point now but uh, from the time in my 90s i feel there is a far more uh, greater change about people investing in relationships within the lgbt space than what i used to see in the 90s and that's because we have created now a space and probably an environment where people see a future which was not available to us in our 90s so we really had not worked it out as to what it means to you know kind of uh, till the time i was 19 20 i was not uh, i had yet to sprout my facial beard and things like that so yeah you then and that's typically a time where you will get uh, you know teased for your physical features uh, kids can be extremely uh, nasty so yeah i used to get teased a lot in school but then i learned to stand up to bullies in a way so i think uh, that element is so deeply ingrained and it helped me in my activism uh, phase because you do tend to meet people officials who tend to kind of take that bullying tone and you really need to stand up to uh, people so all those bullying episodes then come to my head and i know that exactly the manner to take this uh, you know uh, forth so i always volunteered for the hamsafar trust because bombay dose was there i was a product of counseling of bombay dose hamsafar was formed in 94 and they got a space in 99 and i started volunteering so i didn't come in full time capacity until 2009 when i came as the director program because hamsafar was getting into a program which was expanding from just working in mumbai to five states in the country on the day of the pride the gender sexuality becomes uh, an issue and at the same time a lot of conversation around hijra communities and transgender communities started because their issues are totally different uh, you know it's a gender uh, you know is in the old days the hijra community used to get the patronage from the kings and the princes and the royal families as the royal families reduced and they merged with indian uh, communities the british didn't know what to do with hijra communities so they were actually a part of the denotified tribes and some regulations act and because of that the hijra community had no other choice but to go into begging or sex work and because their means of subsistence which came from the royal families etc just died off you know so you have to then create methods of social inclusion as well so i think a lot of laws like section 377 whatever they were never discussed there was no conversation around it at least it opened up the conversation around gender sexuality and the issues around it because in in the hiv programs i have to give you a condom for safe sex but technically as per section 377 because it's a criminal law am i abetting a crime you know so those things then had to get addressed in the in the courts and a lot of the um, data showed that because of the stigma discrimination which was within the gay community the levels of hiv prevalence were high because if you cannot talk about the issue how are you going to do an intervention and talk about uh, uh, talk about hiv prevention I think now there are almost 20 cities across India which do pride. Earlier it was only Mumbai and Delhi, but now it's in places like Awadh and Amravati and uh, you know even in Bhubaneswar and small in Katak we had a pride. So I think now 
it's going to show that this is not an urban phenomenon as across and i think that in itself is heartening to see communities taking charge and actually representing them so pride we actually we actually crowd fund in pride so we started about 9 years ago we started using digital media and facebook and because the communities were sitting on uh, you know facebook groups and on specific sites we knew where exactly to go we had created those communities and a lot of it started with crowdfunding on uh, wishberry then we went to keto and now we do it on melap and we actually use those social media handles and what used to happen is we created a crowdfunding team so generally people who have a lot of facebook followers maybe like me and you know some other people and some youths uh, so you kind of know who's segmenting you know what you actually go into your social media handles put uh, put uh, you know uh, daily posts as to how much money has come how much money is left and you actually push those communication things to different uh, groups uh, through all your uh, twitter handles and raise those monies so i think what we when we work with the thing each of the community issues are taken and sometimes you may disagree on certain issues so then they are kept in abeyance and you have a common minimum program which basically everyone is happy with uh, but having said that even within the community we have to work within ourselves because as a gay man i may not be totally aware of all the issues that lesbian women face or bisexual uh, people face and we have to stay open to hearing them out and after we went to the supreme court i mean from the delhi high court verdict the, and it's just 5 uh, years back actually uh, on the 11th of december when it happened uh, we went it went all to the supreme court and we were so cocksure that it was going to be fine because the delhi high court verdict was so great and it was written so well in 2009 and we went to the supreme court and we got this judgment which just left us red faced because it said something like we don't need to really do anything for a minuscule minority like this i mean the supreme court is supposed to stand up for minorities technically so the way the judgment was written and the way it was dismissed off and then it went into and it ha- also happened at a time when the we were supposed to go in for the 2014 elections so the supreme court the congress and who was in power at that point of time couldn't do anything so that whole thing went into limbo uh, for the longest time until now yeah you do sometimes feel let down but i guess uh, one labors on social change does not happen that easily like i always say just because the section 377 verdict has come this year it does not going to mean that from tomorrow onwards everyone's going to be accepting and uh, yeah things change they move slowly but they do i mean uh, the the trial of leadership is that if i am not able to motivate people who are younger than me to do the same thing then i have failed because the movement continues with or without me but when i move on i have to ensure that people you know who are younger are there to take that uh, forth so i was motivated because of somebody like an ashok who came out in the 90s and i have to do that work of ensuring people down the line are motivated to take that on in my experience with hamsafar once uh, a couple of times the police caught guys and they implicated them because there were condoms in their bags or whatever and uh, my advocacy officer then uh, a very uh, you know a very bright uh, bisexual woman she actually went into the police station saying that you know this condom is being distributed by the government how can you arrest this guy so she says just so that you feel less 
यू नो स्टिग्मेटाइज अबाउट कॉन्डम्स आई गॉट कॉन्डम्स फॉर ऑल योर ऑफिस कॉलिग्स एंड शी डिस्ट्रीब्यूटेड कॉन्डम्स इन द पुलिस स्टेशन बट आई फील दैट इज अ स्टिग्मा इन आर सोसाइटी वी आर नॉट वन पॉइंट थ्री बिलियन फॉर नथिंग आई मीन यू नो आई डोंट नो वाई सेक्स इज अ टैबू आई मीन एंड आई थिंक दैट नीड्स टू बिकॉज दैट टैबू इट सेल्फ कॉजेज अ लॉट ऑफ अदर थिंग्स ए इन टर्म्स ऑफ कॉन्ट्रोसेप्शन ए इन टर्म्स ऑफ एच आई वी प्रिवेंशन यू नो सो आई थिंक we need to be a little more open to having those conversations uh, sexual and reproductive health is important uh, you know and uh, i think once you normalize those conversations uh, i think the taboo will also uh, go away uh, and uh, i i think that's the only way to uh, to go also in the 90s uh, one of the good things that happened that ashok who was coming in was a mainstream journalist in fact he used to even write for debonair so it was good that uh, media was plugged in with the right information and actually they became allies in the whole thing and even today i feel that a lot of the movement is media led while media is good today i also feel there is a lot of spin doctoring that goes on you know which kind of caters to uh, keeping your readership happy uh, you know so i i think uh, sometimes it's it's a double edged sword a, a lot of the work hamsafar did and continues doing is basically training media professionals how to report correctly on lgbt issues also we have now seeing media which is online media and online media tends to be very uh, it, it it can i see bad journalism there because you can you can take things from here things from there and then just put something out there there is no effort to check uh see whether the details match uh so you have to be careful uh, out there.